Before we start this episode, I want to give a big shout out to Zipster, local web people who help entrepreneurs and artists make kick-ass websites and get found online. Visit Zipster.com to find out more information. And on to the episode. Free Pizza, your platform for creatives. Today we have the amazing and wonderful Devin Honeyman here. What's up, man? Too kind. You're too kind. Dude. What's up, man? No, yeah. I'm going to take it an extra mile, man. Producer, director, editor, working for uh, companies you might have heard of. Fuse, Vimeo, working with T-Pains and Neos and um, Young M.A. I saw and Fat Joes and you just going crazy out here, bro. Yeah, it's funny. The first two you named basically dated me to like 2006, like T-Pain, Neo, like middle school dances, <laughs> you know, covering them now. Nah. That's when he started when he was back in back in 2006 was when he started working with those artists Nas <laughs> that was it yeah i was i was i was 13 years old on set um a lot of child labor laws but we got around them. It was all around. <laughs> but no Devin is absolutely exceptional we met at uncg mm-hmm. i remember seeing you run around at sporting events mm-hmm. <laughs> with the yeah, camera <laughs> oh, um but man Devin's phenomenal i'm so happy he's on here you're a fuji shooter now aren't you don't you have a fuji film uh yeah i'm i'm fuji right now my personal i'm on to fuji i love it i made the jump um i was canon for years um for my private work which you know was great but you know fuji i bought the fuji camera because i wanted to really delve back into photography um like heavy back into that because i do so much video for my like daily work mm-hmm. that i wanted that option more often and fuji's is dope so yeah yeah i'm about that, that about that fuji life now i'm excited yes that's nothing to do with the interview i just wanted to make that a make a point to say that because fuji film is absolutely <laughs> amazing and it's very slept on and making a comeback in the industry so yeah man get on fuji. i also love i love people like us in our industry like the the weird nerdy beef that we have mm. like yo i rep fuji nothing else like yes we like hold that down it's it's funny because when you get to a higher level like professional you're doing like ari and red and panavision mm-hmm. um and that stuff is like but for that it's like whatever i got my hands on you're like i'm not picky like oh there's a red camera on set i'm happy i'll yes. take it like, yes but, I mean, for, but for like photography it's a whole nother game yes so. there's so many different options and i'm never really a brand whore about it i don't i just Mm-mm. i freaking will shoot anything i shoot with a variety of different cameras but i was put on fujifilm by my friend josh back probably three or four years ago and i was blown away so that's that's cool to hear yeah man yeah i'm all about it so. yes okay let's go to the, the juice of the interview man this this let's, let's yeah. see where all this got started bro so yeah this got us through what was the yeah, um, from the beginning. So, you know, I mean, I was one of those lucky kids that always loved what he wanted to do mm-hmm. um, when I was a little kid. Like, I I've always wanted cameras. I love taking photos of things. I was I was one of those weirdos in, like, middle school and high school that had a camera on them mm. because, like, that was prior to phones. Like, now, like, my nieces, like, they all have phones and they're and i'm that's super dope i'm not knocking that i love that because like anyone can take photos now and you can remember moments and you can like do that like me and you we can't do that so right uh from a young age i always was like 
the person that actually did have a camera and be like, what the fuck? Why, why are you filming this? Don't, don't do that. Don't take a photo. I'm like, I'm just, I like this stuff. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm just into it. It's my thing. This is my thing. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I stayed with it all through high school. I was, uh, central broadcasting network, all that. And then, um, I, uh, went to UNC Greensboro, which, you know, no knocks, like UNCG used to be one of the top, Mm. like top production colleges on the Eastern seaboard, like low key back in like the nineties, it was like huge, but, um, then it just you know they they shifted course like i'm not sure i love that college um but they just stopped really investing in the program and it it kind of delayed you know uh we were shooting on like dv tapes and Mm. uh, didn't have like upgraded editing software so Mm -hmm. while i was in college i made it like a standard for me to connect with as many creatives as i could like that was the best way to learn, you know, was to, to lo- meet people like you. When I met you, I was like, Oh, your, your work's incredible. And I started following all your stuff. And like, um, there's the, the adage that like good artists create steal. Um, mm. not like theft, obviously that's don't steal people's work, but like, I think as creatives, you just pick up things from different people. Like yes. I would be on set with someone in college and I was like, Oh, that's how you set a light. That's how you set three point lighting. That's how you lob someone up. Okay. That's how you do that. That's a cool angle. I'm going to remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a lot of the college experience was like, just like mutual pickpocketing. Like we were all like just kind of sharing our work and um, we all, and now I look at all the people I went to college with, like you, and like people like with the studio I worked with, BNG, yeah, BNG, like all of them are now like crazy talented in mm. their respective fields. And like, it's cool, you know, college, because we didn't have the resources at the school, we had to just work together and pool our resources. And I think a lot of us came out pretty pretty uh tactile and like versatile because of it because as you know like this industry you gotta some days you're holding the camera and some days you're setting up a light stand yes some days you're working a crafty table and some (laughs) days you're just checking people in some days you're brewing coffee it's it's crazy that that actually reminds me of a funny story of my first job in New York. That's a good transition. So like I lived in North Carolina for six years, mm-hmm. college for four, working for the university, doing production. It was fine, but I knew I wanted, I knew I wanted to make the jump to New York cause I'm from Philly. Yes, you and are. And that yes. was a big dream of mine was to get up here. So I made the jump, literally the corny, like drove up in my car with everything I owned in it. I, uh, I parked, so, so I drove up to New York straight from North Carolina. I, there was my uncle had a friend that he went to college with who's a line producer in the city mm-hmm. who invited me to this filmmakers meetup. It was just like at a bar, come by, chat, meet people. And um, I drove up straight through, parked my car in this like gated parking lot because it had everything I owned in it, like straight up. And, um, (laughs) I changed, I changed in the parking lot in Brooklyn, like, just like got, got changed. Um, 
left, went to the bar, and you know, I walked in and I had never met this guy. I didn't know anyone in the actual meetup. And uh, I, I like had this moment where I sat, I went and sat at the bar and I saw a group of people talking and I didn't know if it was them. So I ordered a drink and I had a moment where I was like, you gotta just go talk to him. Mm. You gotta just go dive in. You gotta go do this. And if you don't, you're gonna regret it. Like I could have, I considered just leaving. I was like, this is weird. I'm nervous. I'm out of here. But uh, no, I I just went over. Uh, his name is JB Bruno. Shout out. He's really set me up. Um, and from that, it got me my first PA job in New York. Um, wow. From that meeting. Yeah. And I know now um, if I hadn't walked over and just said what's up, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would have backtracked to Philly or um, who knows. Yeah. But that was like a moment that I was like, you just got to dive in. And it's scary. It's scary as shit. But oh my gosh. it's always worth it. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, Absolutely. I'm curious. How did the meeting actually go? Like, how were what was talked about to where you were able to present yourself to get that job? Yeah. Well, so this was a super informal thing that it's cool, you know, cause New York is swimming with filmmakers. Yes. Um, this was like a super informal thing that he just has where it's like meet at this bar. He doesn't really do it anymore, obviously with COVID, but like it was just meet up at a bar, chat and hang out. And I went over, I met him. He was super friendly um he introduced me to um this dp uh her name was laura prevost mm -hmm. um and she was shooting she was dping something for this director who wasn't there and um she was looking for hands it was very it was a very low level set um like didn't no no budget uh i oh, didn't wow. get paid for it or anything but oh, it man. was it was just a gig you know and i i'm a i'm a proponent of doing what you need to do for exposure mm -hmm. the, the wackest word in our industry yes um <laughs> but sometimes you do like that moment i was like oh, this is this is a keyhole. It's not the doorway, but this is a keyhole into New York City film, and yes. I'll take it. I was like, I'm down. Whatever you need, I'm about it. Um, but that, so that was unpaid, and that shoot, I didn't do well. I, I, I was, oh, but how I presented myself. Um, this is going to sound kind of shitty, but I kind of lied. I yes, kinda I was wondering. <laughs> I've heard that. That's how it is, though. Look, man, I didn't. I didn't full out lie. I wasn't like, yeah, I can do. I can do an re build. I know how to shoot with anamorphics. I got this. Let's go. Like, no, I wasn't like. I didn't do that. But you know, it's it's cutthroat and it's hard out here. Yes. Like in this industry, you kind of have to buff what you can do. Like my first paid gig. Now this job led to probably where I am today. Um, a buddy of mine, Kyle, uh, that I went to high school with, he posted, it was when I was bouncing between couches in New York and Philly. Mm. Um, and I hadn't gotten a paid film job yet. I was still just trying to, you know, figure things out. I was Uber driving in Philadelphia full time. Oh my um, God. And I would come up to New York whenever I could find any kind of work. Um, but I was apartment sitting for my brother's friend's crib in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. My friend 
friend from high school posted this uh, thing on Facebook, like I'm looking for a van PA. Um, and then I messaged him immediately because I saw the word PA and, and it had paid. So I was down and uh, <laughs> he asked, or well, he connected me with the EP, Lavanya Radhikrishnan, which she is an OG of the industry. She has set me up with so much, like I would not be anywhere where I am today without her. But Dude, she asked me over the phone, she was like, uh, do you have any van PA uh, or experience with 15 passenger vans? Um, and I never in my life have I driven a 15 passenger van. <laughs> but immediately I was like, oh, yeah, I've driven them all the time. Totally. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I just lied. And it was I, I know that's bad. I've driven box trucks and I've driven vans like I knew I could do it. So I just lied in that moment and I did my research. I like watched videos on van 15 pass van safety. They're not that hard to drive, but that job led me to like so much work with her with like stuff with like Showtime and like oh, HBO wow. and like through her, like really cool projects. And it wouldn't have happened if I didn't just kind of buff my skills a little bit and say like, yeah, I can drive a 15 pass van. Yeah. Um, it just had to, I had to do it. So, yo, that is insane. And, you know, I've heard that, especially in the entertainment industry, that you, and even in the corporate industry, when you apply for whatever jobs, you kind of lie a little bit on your resumes to catch the eye. I mean, it's just, it just has to happen because yeah. you're battling against millions of people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's so you kind of, kind of got to add a little spice to it, you know, to get, to get yeah. your attention. Yeah, just a little, little flair. It's a little flair. You know, I'm a curious. Little though, to it. It'll so get when you, you were, across the line. When you, when you were driving Uber, were there any, like, were you ever discouraged to the point where you didn't think that it was going to work out at all? Like, how how did you kind of battle through that? Yeah, man. I that yeah, It's funny. When you sent over questions, I was thinking about that. And that was uh, something big I thought about. Uh, hell yeah. Like, I was, when I wasn't on set, which was the majority of the time, um, this was back in, like, 2016, uh, when I first got back up here. I was like living on my buddy's couch. I mm. was driving Uber like 40, 50 hours a week. Like, um, which I'm not knocking that job. That job was helped so much. It was mm -hmm. a blessing. I was able to do that. It was super dope. But um, yeah, like creatively, it sucked because, you know, creativity is like the last thing in this world that we have time to worry about sadly and that's that's not like a it should be different like people have to worry about survival and like paying bills and like feeding your family and stuff like that and creativity has to fall to the last rung and you know i'm not comparing myself to anyone's plight because people have it way worse than me but yeah when i was when i was uber driving i didn't really have time to like think about creative moves i tried to i tried to as much as i could i was like um when i would drive around or i would park up i would sit and like just daydream about projects that i wanted to do um and like concepts and ways that i could improve my resume and mm. bullshit like that but like yeah it's super discouraging and i think that's across the board for everyone um creativity is is it's stifled by survival and that's natural um and my what i part of why i love being a producer is my job in a way 
is to stop that stifling. Mm -hmm. um, my job is to worry about the stuff that creatives shouldn't have to worry about. Yes. I, I still consider myself creative, but like, I love that I'm able to help a, a director or DP focus in on a project creative side and I'll take care of the logistics. Ooh, you know? okay. okay. So yeah. And Uber, Uber, you know, and just working was like that. There wasn't an outlet for creativity. So. Right. Right. Absolutely. Wow. That's, 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 that's some true words. That's, that's insane. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, because I mean, as, as, and I talked to the many creators I talked to, I, I like asking this question because I'm just curious to hear how people, cause this, I mean, that industry is so hard it's a soul killer. It truly is. So, uh, and then when you're in it and you're not able to work in it and you finish college yeah. and you've jumped through all the hoops and it's like, you're still not where you want to be. It's just like, what am I doing? So that's, I'm glad you kind of battled through that. You know, um, I'm curious before we go into what you were doing up in New York, all the showtimes and HBOs and Fuse and all that, what were you mostly working on? I guess in between UNCG and then also at UNCG, what were you more focused on shooting and working on? Yeah. Um, so when I made the jump from from UNCG, so at UNCG when I was there, I was doing like uh, creative um, production for like kind of marketing and like the online school and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, our, our department just acted as like a general production team. There was three of us. Um, but when I made the jump to New York. Uh, it was like the Wild West. It was mm. freelance. So freelance world, as you know, is just crazy. So yes, it is. New York, yeah, and New York itself was also just insane. So um, when I made that jump, the first couple of things I worked on, I was bouncing between. It was kind of a wild duality of life. Like I would do projects with Artifacts Productions, which was Lavanya's production company and they were doing she had connections in the industry that we were doing projects with like um showtime we for their show power we were shooting advertisements for them like we would go into this studio yeah yeah yes. we were uh we were going there was this really dope studio in red hook they just moved um uh fx works shout out to fx works they uh is this incredible space where they create uh practical um effects like mm -hmm. they everything that's in camera is real so like all those commercials that you see where there's like a beautiful beer bottle that's like lifted off the ground and then poured perfectly they were like creating that practically and it was oh. dope like to see there's this guy christopher who was the dp um like for power let's use that as an example mm -hmm. we shot there was a it was a, a um a commercial for their premiere where it was a camera slowly moving over cobblestone and bullet casings were slowly falling down oh like yeah one by one and then eventually like there was like then they were like showering down and in the like water um you could see reflections of like the brooklyn bridge and like the words like this summer like or whatever coming up um, and it was crazy being on that set because there was like 30, 30 people. It was a big production. And it was amazing to see all these moving hands and moving parts involved with this, what turned out to be a 20 second spot. Yeah. Um, I love huge. that. 
Yeah, I love that about big productions and creativity that like you can get so many people involved who are so good at what they do. Like I, I, I'm all about being nimble and like covering multiple jobs. Mm -hmm. But when you have like a budget to be able to bring in someone that's only doing gaffing, that's only doing lighting, that's only doing audio, and then like a team of them, it, oh. you get really great stuff. And I'm a big supporter of that. You know, I love that kind of, um, I don't know, working together in that like kind of teamwork when you're able to have a big crew. So that was, that was a lot of the work I was doing was bigger production stuff like that. Um, it was a lot of commercial work. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of just like quick one-off projects with organizations. And then I um, landed the job with Fuse. Mm. Fuse, I, yeah. So Fuse, I, I just was randomly applying for PA jobs and Fuse was hiring a full-time PA. So I applied for that. Um, I got that, which was awesome. Um, uh, that it was great to have a, a regular check. Um, yes, I was about to say, man, that's why you still doing it for small, freelance. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. Just to have a regular check and just get by on that. Oh, it was lovely. But, yeah, and that was that working for Fuse. I was there for two years, and that was that was awesome. It was so fun because yeah. I got to bounce around and work with so many amazing people, and I had to travel and you know, it, 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 I was technically a part of the music industry for a while. And that was so fun. Like, I'm, I'm so lucky that I had that opportunity. Um, and the people I worked with there were amazing. So, Yo, yeah, that is awesome. I remember seeing that in your bio when you were working for Fuse. I was like, he's working for Fuse? Oh, my God. <laughs> because <laughs> most, people, most people respond, though. Most people are like, what is that again? And they're like, oh, that thing? They're still around? Like, That's that was the most response that's what i said i was like i remember watching fuse back when you know warp tour and this, all that stuff was uh -huh. happening and the old this old you know hardcore and metal stuff and I, saw yeah. it, I was like what are they doing now and then of course i see what you were doing i was like i had no clue that was still a thing so i thought i was very impressed by that that was very awesome Thanks, yeah and, and can you also um, can you also tell us what for people who don't know these terminology what is a pa Okay, yeah. So PA stands for production assistant. Um, production assistant is like the base level of the industry. Mm. Um, it's kind of like uh, you are a jack of all trades, but you're also kind of a student too, which is dope. Um, PAs are usually the first one in and the last one out. Mm. It's not a good life. You get paid dog shit, but... Um, <laughs> You get to, you know, you can be a PA. I've worked with PAs that were still in high school. Like, really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it, it obviously above, above like working age. Right. Yeah, like of course. 15 or 14. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I didn't just out much. Yeah, I worked with like nine year olds. They got my coffee. <laughs> like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> no, um, it was like, uh, yeah, it's PAs are just that. You can do anything from, food runs to lockups which is a hard job in new york a lockup is where you have to you're shooting on a street corner and the street corner is still active and you have to stop strangers from walking forward oh my god um which is i gotta say one of the hardest parts of this industry <laughs> like, like new york city dude you'd be amazed how 
like I was terrified whenever I had to do lockup, whenever like a, uh, an AD, an assistant director would be like, all right, you're going to be on lockup for this shot. And I was like, fuck, no. Like, oh. uh, and cause, cause I'm not a confrontational dude. Like, and you know, imagine a stranger is walking towards you with their headphones on and they're late for their train and you have to tell them to stop and wait. Nine times out of ten, they just ignore you and go around, which sucks because then you look bad. But yeah, those are the, those are the kind of gigs that PAs have to do. Um, oh my god! But it's where we all start. Every yeah. every person, every person that has an Oscar at one point in their life, most likely was a PA. So, dude, that is nuts. Yeah, man. I'm curious. It's kind of a sidebar because I'm curious because mm-hmm. obviously a lot of stuff is shot in studios, but. How are they able, I guess, I guess permits, are they able to block off streets like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, cities like New York obviously cater to the industry. Yeah. Um, it's because there's, and I'm a big supporter of this, or like because it's the arts and also creativity, and, but it's also a job creator. Um, you know, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, there are thousands in this city, at least, of people work in the industry. So the city itself gives that's why new york and la are such hubs for film and television because they give tax credits because they give permits to productions and stuff like that but there's there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through like uh, being a producer i've learned a lot of that like you have to be in the know like Mm. know how to uh, submit for that you have to be prepared to deal with sag after or the um, different unions. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff for that. But yeah, no, blocking off a street in New York is totally doable. I mean, you can't just like do it whenever and like just hang out on the block. <laughs> it takes like, a while. <laughs> it'd be kind of dope if you just like block the street and we're like, all right, I'm going to hang out here for the day. I'm going to set up a kiddie pool and chill. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I was wondering. Fun. I guess I mean, I guess it makes sense, but you know, I, you see so many TV shows with it. It's like, are they able just, are they just out there? Or was it planned or, you know, whatever? So some, cool. yeah, some are, some are able to block it off. And sometimes they're shooting on live corners. Like yeah. most of those are actually live corners. Um, they just do, they just block it off. And people will cross the street because nine times out of 10, people don't want to be on camera. Right. They're like, I don't, I don't want to walk on set. So. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I mean, because it's legal. If you're out in the public, you can just film. You don't have to, you don't have to ask mm-hmm. permission, right? Yep. Yeah, you're. you're if you're, um, I mean, you know, this goes back and forth, and every pre-law person will tell me otherwise, of course. But like, you can, anyone can be filmed on the street. Right. That's why tabloids and all that shit exists. Like, if you're out on the block, now usage is different. Mm. You can be filmed, but the reason you'll see like on those like Billy on the street or those kinds of like interview shows that are just out and about. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you'll see people's faces blurred. Um, it's because you still need to get people's consent Mm. for certain usage. Um, it's just a way to protect you from being sued. Like technically I could film someone on the street and then just post it. And there's no legal, like, I'm not going to go to jail for that, but they are legally allowed to sue me. So to cover my ass, I get consent forms for use. And um, if I don't get a consent form, you don't take the risk. Most people aren't going to take that risk. 
So. Gotcha. I guess if you if if you're trying to sue a big production company, I mean, why take that risk? You're probably going to lose. I mean, if I, yeah, if I were to but, guess. but then at this, that's true. But the production company as well, they don't want to deal with that. So that's, that's why, that's why, like one of my buddies who worked, he was a line producer on Billy on the Street. He talked about um, that, like producing that show, they would have like a team of like six PAs following uh, the the camera. Every time the the main guy Billy or whatever would run up and interview someone and then run away, yeah. one of the PAs would run up with a consent form like, "Hey, can you sign this?" Because they were they wanted to cover their tracks. So most productions do actually want to cover their tracks and make sure that there's no legal issues. So yeah, wow, a PA, yeah, man, good old PA job. PAs, That's... PAs, man, they, the backbone of the industry. Dude, it's funny when I used to hear PA or CPA, I thought that was like a, a a huge deal. Which to some people it is a huge deal to get into the yeah, industry, but okay. I thought it was like a a more of a, <laughs> a higher rank. Dude, I mean, you know, but when you say when you're a PA, but that's kind of what I meant by it's a you're a student. Like when you're a PA, you have access to probably like you could be around like award-winning filmmakers and mm. you just siphon kind of like what I said about college. Like when I was a PA on sets, I would make it my job to like, as, as professionally as possible, like talk to people and be like, Hey, what do you do? Or like watch. Like when mm. I was PAing for Lavanya, um, she, uh, she's been an EP in New York for decades. She's worked all over, she's traveled the world, all that stuff incredible resume so i made it my job to like emulate and learn everything from her like pick off anything that i can while i was paying for yes. her and without those free lessons that i received as a pa from her i wouldn't have gotten a job with vimeo or i wouldn't have been a producer on any of these films like mm -hmm. i wouldn't i just wouldn't have learned it so um the big part of being a pa is that you get to learn which is awesome yeah, that's incredible. So yes, yeah, we're gonna see some of your highlights at Fuse, man. I know you're there for two years, but yeah, you got to see a lot of great artists and all that. So tell us some of your favorite favorite um, memories from that. The Free Pizza Podcast is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. Yeah, so with Fuse, it was it was fun. So my I worked for the internal production team. Uh, we produced digital and linear content, so stuff for the website, stuff for social, but also stuff that was on the channel, um, television shows and short interviews. And that was the other thing. We also had um, a lot of the music industry. What they do is whenever they have a new album or um, a concert or anything coming up, they'll do the rounds. They'll mm -hmm. come to New York, they'll come to LA and they'll hit all the media outlets. Um, so my job was to do those interviews and shoot the, those pieces. Um, so it was amazing to just be around these like huge stars. Um, mm. But my favorite, my favorite thing about it that I realized, like, they were just kind of regular people. Dude, um, I love that. Yes, they you. were like, they were, they were just normal. Like they, I remember one of my favorite 
things that was very like normalizing because you grow up and you like watch these mega stars these performers and like you they're they're uplifted as like gods and stuff and mm-hmm. like i'm not knocking that like they are incredibly talented and they really do have this amazing following but i remember we interviewed um wiz khalifa and you know when i was younger i was a huge wiz khalifa fan so i was excited came in and during the interview he was just really short with everyone Mm -hmm. he was just kind of quiet and kind of standoffish and really short he wasn't mean but like he was just kind of short with everyone and um halfway through the interview like we were taking a break we were like switching cameras out or like switching angles and i asked him not in like a, a mean way i was like hey how you doing man everything okay um and he just he was like yeah man i'm just really tired um he's like i flew in this morning um i had a show last night in arizona i had a red eye across the country and this is my fifth my fifth one my fifth interview before 11 o'clock he was just sleepy like he was just he was just a sleepy dude like he wasn't mean he wasn't a diva He, he was just a sleepy guy and i was like dude i fucking relate to that (laughs) yeah he's one of us that's like yeah he's just yeah so that was that was a fun thing about working at fuse was realizing these people are just normal and you can approach them that way um i remember the excitement with we worked we shot with asap ferg like a bunch of times yes awesome um he i loved working with ferg because he was so excited to work with us like genuinely you know ferg is is a creative you know he went to art school and he's a painter yeah yeah he's super talented and but because of that his creativity like exudes off of him when he's around people so the first time he came in we did uh this behind the bar series with him he like made a cocktail this like uptown henny cocktail or something but he was so excited after the interview talking to us. He was like, I love you guys. You guys fuse was looking out for me when I was first coming up. I'm going to be back. I promise. Like, let's do more work. And, you know, some people just say that to gas up, but he did. I shot with him four or five times over the two years. Um, Yeah. Yeah. For different shows and interviews and stuff. He was just always down. We would contact, we would like, he became one of the people if we were producing a new show, like we assumed Ferg was going to be one of the interviewees. So um, just because he was always down, you know, and he was a great guy. He was super nice. Um, And uh, yeah, also another moment where we shot with him all day for this, this, this is a crazy thing I'm about to say, but we had a, 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 Hip hop magician TV show, uh, <laughs> super whack. I know, I know. It sounds so whack. <laughs> Swear to God, man. There was this dude. His name was Smoothini, the hip hop Houdini. Swear to God. Is it? But okay. Uh, really, what he was was a magician comedian from Harlem. Yeah. He was just an uptown dude. He was basically his whole shtick was like, I do magic, but I'm not creepy and weird like david blaine i right. can like hang out with you so we did a show where he it was the show itself was pretty solid like we went around he would hang out with a musician all day and like do tricks with them and then it all culminated with one big trick at the end so the show wasn't that bad but um at the end of that shoot we did an episode with ferg and at the end of the day also i came back to the green room to say goodbye uh, just to him and his people 
and he was like half asleep on the couch um <laughs> just like laid out and i was like what is with this in like sleepy rappers like this is such yeah. a funny like shtick um but it was cool you know just the the humanizing kind of stuff like that with people um yeah those ferg was a highlight um billy eilish was a highlight working with her yes, she was dope she's amazing um like just a one of those people you meet and you're like shit like you got that creative bug heavy dude um absolutely we shot with her in chicago uh at lollapalooza she was doing a performance and we got to like follow her whole um sound check and like record this whole doc with her all day um and she was cool she was just a kid yeah but she's still young yeah she she was like 16 or 17 at the time when we shot it and like she was just kind of like hanging backstage just chilling she had some great stuff to say during the interview but like yeah it was cool and then she got on stage and we filmed the performance and she rocked the fucking house like this little kid super talented just amazing performer um that was that was one of those i there was a lot of moments where i was like this but like that was one of those moments where i was really like starstruck by the performance like i was like wow you are good at what you do and you and you deserve the accolades it's super dope so dude that is that's phenomenal and i'm, I'm curious on these sets with the whizzes and the fergus and the, and the and the billy Eilish's, were you able to have input on what was shot, how it was shot, and all that, or were you kind of still just standing, kind of doing your own thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, by that time, I had been moved up to an associate producer Perfect. with Fuse. Um, so, yeah, I was, at that point, I was producing. I was an associate producer, but really, now that I look back after what I do now, I was, we were a skinny team, so I was producing. Mm. Um, we were all on that team producing and directing and like really those those productions were very slim comparatively like the commercial stuff i did outside of that and freelance were like big 30 40 person productions whereas fuse we were like a five person team and maybe we hired in like two two other people yeah um so we would go to chicago and like for billy's shoot i was producing and camera operating so i was like during the interview i helped set up the shots for that and during her concert i was camera operating for that so i was filming her concert um yeah so it was nice that when i worked with fuse i was not only like a logistics producer where i was worrying about like okay what's our call time do we have Mm. food is everyone gonna be fed cameras up like what times are wrapped once our heart out, all that stuff. I was also able to be a creative producer. You know, yeah. I was able to pick my shots and decide how these worked and choose angles and pick lighting and help with post-producing. So it was it was a nice, nice balance in between. It was a hustle, but it was I liked I liked bouncing between those two for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. And I bet it was, you know, just some it was fun, but I'm sure the days were long and then you were exhausted oh. and <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was fulfilling because, you know, in that world, there's also a lot of like perks that come with it. Mm -hmm. Like I would go film a festival um, like Firefly or something. And then 
when I wasn't filming, I got to like be at Firefly and like yeah. I was like backstage and like watching the performances and stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of fulfillment in this industry. You just got to find it. Like whether that's after a long day, you know, um, having a beer at a diner at four in the morning in Times Square or Dude, yes. uh, being able to be backstage for the weekends, like performance, like it, it, there's it's there's a you got to find that that enjoyment because it's there it's always there it might be small it might be big but with these big but with this industry there's always going to be something you can be happy about at the end of the day so dude absolutely now what were you doing outside of like working were you working on any of your own material were you just kind of like was that was that too exhausting for you to work on anything else or how was how was your balance there it was it was pretty one-sided you know i i will say personally i struggle balancing my work creativity with my personal i tend to cite like i get i get wrapped up in uh, my work my like day-to-day work um because i want i'm like a perfectionist i want it to be really good um i hate watching my own work too i yes don't when i when i have a finished project i don't watch it it's i know it's i know it's not good uh, to do that, but I just have these anxieties because I can see what I did wrong. Um, so because of that, because of that perfectionist kind of side, I, I have a lot of problems with balancing that and giving myself the time to work on my own projects. Um, I've gotten much better at that. Mm -hmm. Like right now I'm doing more outside of my day job than I have in years, which is dope. Um, and Vimeo is great for that. They really support it too. Um, but no, you know, during Fuse, I was really just Fuse. Um, yeah. But that, but there's a lot of ownership to a day job like that. Still, um, it's still like, like the Billie Eilish, doc, Eilish documentary. Uh, it's called uh, Soundcheck to Stage. Um, I was very proud of that piece. Like when I, I, that one was one I watched later and it wasn't just me, obviously this was a big production, couple of producers, like um, I'm not taking the credit for it, but I felt proud of that piece. So Mm -hmm. even though I wasn't working on personal stuff, I was still finding so much enjoyment in the things I was creating. And that, and that kind of became a goal. Like if I'm not going to have time to make my own projects, I'm going to just make my work projects what I find proud pride in. Absolutely. So. And I ask you that because people yeah. who are doubting to the profession where is their day job and they do it all the time for work, they make sure they make it amazing in their eyes. So yeah, I was wondering if to. that was similar with you and it is. I tried to because, you know, like work is work and and we all need it and we need it to get by. But I don't. I don't want my job to not be something I enjoy. Um, I'm very lucky and blessed in my life that I've been able to get to a point where I'm being paid for something I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to, because I'm a lucky person to have that, I'm going to appreciate every second of it. Right. Being a part, being able to have this chance that I'm paid to hold a camera, I'm paid to edit, I'm paid to set up shoots. That's awesome. Yes. And most the majority of people don't get that and i'm gonna and because of that i'm gonna appreciate every aspect of it i can so dude i love that i love yeah. that so let's, let's, let's go on to 
you leaving Fuse. So tell mm-hmm. us about that and maybe why and then how you found your way into Vimeo, which I am a yeah. humongous fan of Vimeo. <laughs> I watch a documentary, at least one or a short film every night before I go to bed. Awesome. I am awesome. a huge makes fan me of happy, bro. Yeah, Hell so, yeah. So tell, tell us about that. Um, yeah, so sad days. Um, you know, the industry is cyclical and it changes. Um, Fuse uh, had to declare bankruptcy a couple years back. Um, yeah, they're a linear. I mean, it's a linear television, man. It's. Uh, do you have cable? Um, no. Me neither do I. <laughs> like that's the thing, bro. <laughs> it sucks, but it's true. Like, yeah, people of our generation and younger are get having less and less cable, and that's fine. The industry evolves, but because of that, Fuse was. The dope thing was they're an independent channel. They weren't owned by Viacom or anything like that. Oh, so they really? were able to Yeah, they're they were solo. They used to be owned by MSG. Then MSG sold them to a company company called Nouveau TV, which was a is a Latinx um television like conglomerate channel station. And they merged and just became Fuse Media. Uh so they were dolo. They were by themselves. And because of that, they it was hard. Um, just to get sponsors and money and stuff. It was, I liked it because it was challenging. Like we always had to perform. We always had to do well. And that pushed me to make really good stuff. Um, but yeah, so they, they declared bankruptcy a couple years back. Um, layoffs happened and I was a part of that layoff. Um, yeah. First time, first time in my life I'd ever been fired from a job. Um, you know, but there was, no hard feelings honestly even to this day like i still have a lot of friends that work there and i i respect what they had to do i mean i wish i wasn't laid off but at the same time it was a blessing in disguise i i was starting to be unhappy there i was unhappy with the creative i wasn't happy that i wasn't working on my own projects Mm -hmm. and it kind of pushed me out and uh from there, I was back into the hustle, freelance, and odd jobs world. Um, I was I was taking freelance jobs as much as I could, but I had been out of the freelance game for two years. And when you when you fall off someone's list for gigs, oh yeah, it takes a while to get back into it, man. It like you you just. You know, every producer and line producer and EP, they have a mental list of their gaffers, their DPs, their their operators. And you can build up to the top of that list. But the moment you're unavailable for a shoot, you fall to the bottom. Yeah. And I was unavailable for two years. So I hit up all my contacts. Um, they were great. It's not a it's not a personal thing. It's just how the industry works. So. I was really scarce for work and I was, um, I was just hustling again. I started doing a, started doing task rabbit. Um, I was like, I was like working on toilets in like Brooklyn. Like I was, I was like mounting people's televisions and stuff. That's just, there was, it was for like, I would say for like four months, that was my main source of income until like I was saying, built back up onto people's lists. Now, that was also in a weird in-between time in my career where I was previously just an associate producer. So it's hard to find work as that in-between. Like you're not a PA, but you can't run a full set by their standards. So um, 
yeah, I just hustled and uh, got by, looked for work. Um, I had a friend that worked at Vimeo, um, Kate. Shout out, Kate. Shout out, uh, Kate. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, shout out, Kate. She's dope. She's a writer in the industry. Um, she uh, has written actually uh some films uh one that's on netflix uh like some, some pretty dope stuff she's yeah. and she's also just good people but um she hit me up because she knew i was a producer and she said hey we're hiring a producer i can't really give you like i can't boost your position but like are you interested and i was like yeah why not it's vimeo Heck yeah. uh, she was in-house with their creative team um at the time and uh you know, I applied for the job, super nervous, because anytime you apply for any job, it's that kind of nervousness. Yes. And uh, it was it was a producer position, too. So I was moving um, vert like vertically or. Yeah. Upward, yeah, yeah. Moving, yeah, yeah. I was moving upward. Yeah. Moving up. That's no buzzword. Just moving up. <laughs> just say that shit. Jesus. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, I got it. And it was crazy. Um, it was super dope uh they they're based in new york um they're owned by a company called iac uh which is a pretty dope company they're hand they're very hands-off i mean it's a big conglomerate but like you know uh all they they own like just websites so it, i'm happy i'm not working for some company that also like builds bombs for the dod or oh god shit, yeah you know? like, that's a good thing <laughs> I'm happy, like, I'm not working for, you know, some crappy company. Um, but, yeah, and Vimeo, Vimeo is great. Like, they were expanding when I came in, and um, they've really found their niche in the industry. They, a couple years back, they went the route of being, um, catering to the creatives. Yes. Um, they're, they're all about, like, they don't do ad role ads, advertisements, any stuff like that. All of their money is made from subscribers, like people wanting the analytics that come with their videos and being able to monetize their videos and, you know, build their websites out and stuff. And it's cool. I like my job now is I get to interact and work with creatives, filmmakers, writers, directors, and that's dope. Um, that's a really lucky opportunity that I'm not only working in my industry, but I get to uplift mm. so many others. Um, yes. And like, that's my job. My job is to boost and like gas up filmmakers. That's a dope thing to be able to do. So that's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, so, man. so you'd be able to do that. So I'm, I'm guessing I'm asking, how do you do that? Like, do you, obviously there's a bajillion filmmakers on Vimeo. Are you targeting mm -hmm. certain people? Or I know there's like staff picks. Are you like going and searching for different these filmmakers or are you finding them outside of Vimeo to bring them in? Like, how are you, how are you doing that? So Jacob, we're going to interrupt this interview real quick for a new game of high brew or cold brew. You down? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. So the point of the game is to guess what I'm describing as cold brew or high brew. Make sense? Um, well, I'm not really sure what high brew is. You'll figure it out. Uh, okay. Just answer cold brew or high brew. It's pretty simple. You ready? Okay. Here's the first one. It can come with added protein. Um, cold brew? High brew. It has more antioxidants and twice the caffeine than a normal cup of coffee. Uh, high brew. High brew. It has less acid and sugar than a normal cup of coffee. Cold brew? High brew. It helps support direct trade farmers. Okay, uh, high brew. High brew. It has less environmental impact on our planet. Cold brew. 
High brew. So wait, all, all the answers are just high brew. Well, yeah, this is a sponsor ad. And that concludes our game of Cobrew or High Brew, proudly sponsored by, well, High Brew Coffee, an Austin, Texas-based Cobrew company dedicated to serving an elevated coffee experience. Visit www.highbrewcoffee.com and use promo code Pizza and Brew for 20% off your order of a 12-pack and get cold brew that doesn't just taste better, but does better. Ship directly to your door. Yeah, so like, um, you know, we, so my team, we are Vimeo's uh, internal production team. Mm -hmm. Specifically, we fall under the marketing arm, but we, our, our department basically creates anything that's outward and inward facing for Vimeo, like uh, advertisements, um, marketing plans, stuff like that. Gotcha. So we'll, okay. we'll, yeah. So a lot of work is not only with the filmmakers, but it's also like Vimeo. Okay. Let's say Vimeo has this new editing tool mm-hmm. um, where you can go in and mark off certain spots. Our job is to inform the public that like, Hey, we got this dope new tool. You should check it out, try it, use it, subscribe. So that's another part of it. But with the creatives, we have a curation team um, who they oversee staff picks. Um, it's their job to find staff picks and they do the voting and the choosing for that. Um, and they help us and they, they have amazing relationships with a lot of these filmmakers. Like their full-time jobs is to find these films and choose them for staff picks. So because of that, they form these amazing relationships and they will yes. reach out to us for different campaigns and stuff and be like, hey, this so-and-so person um, is amazing. She's an animator from Zimbabwe, and, like, she would be a great uh, interview. And we're like, dope, let's do it. We'll set it up. And we plug, and then we'll, like, plug them into, we have, like, Vimeo Spotlights, where it's yes. straight up just, like, an interview with creatives and, like, what they do. Um, but then we also have like campaigns and like events and stuff like that. So um, like right now I'm working on a project with the Apollo theater, which oh my is dope. God. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was pretty, pretty magical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. Um, they, uh, they, they closed down for like six months for the first time in decades and like 80 years. So oh my God, that's terrifying. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And um but now they still can't have live concerts in person, mm. but they're doing um live streaming. Like they're oh, they're yeah. live streaming out like different like their live like their first they did like John Legend, they they did uh you know, Why John for the one I was at. Like and they're using Vimeo's live streaming platform to do it. Um That's awesome. So yeah, so like we linked up with them and we were like, can we, sh- can we film your first production day back and like make an ad for you guys and us? Um, and they were like, yeah, and they were amazing. Um, I hadn't been in the, the Apollo since I was like 11 years old and I was, it was amazing being back in there, such a magical space, but also their production team and their, they're legit, obviously. Oh, I, be- I can only Apollo, imagine, dude. Of course, their, their crews and their, their everything were like just and they're a union house too which is dope so they were like some of those guys have probably been working there for like 50 years oh my god 
So those are some of the amazing, it's just, I'm so lucky to be able to do stuff like that. Um, And because, you know, you know, just getting to Vimeo helped a lot with that. So dude, absolutely. And like for the people who let's talk more about what Vimeo is, because I post Mm -hmm. a lot of screenshots from Vimeo. Um, I wouldn't, I guess you could describe it as like a YouTube, it's a streaming service. Um, But it's a lot more. It's a lot more for creatives. There's a lot of short films on there. A lot of documentaries. Mm-hmm. It's all free to watch. It's all amazing. Um, well, you gotta pay for some of it. Actually, some of it you can pay to like rent and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But there's just a. I mean, it's so really much. for creatives. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a pretty dope space. Um, and I feel like, you know, you can attest to this. Like any younger creative, like when I was younger, like. When I started making stuff, I wanted to put my stuff on Vimeo because I was like, yeah, it looked cooler because, you know, the interface is all designed to make it like le- it's going to be less accessible for the audience, but going to look nicer for the artist. Yep. Like the art, like you can put a piece on Vimeo and it looks like what you wanted it to. So that it's a dope space for that. And there's so many creatives. It is Ugh. like you said, just going out there, you just go on the site and like, just go to like the, the homepage and just, you can, you can spend days, yep. years going through the films. Um, and it really, it really makes me happy. Like it, it's cool to um, see all these creatives, people spending their time and their money and their like efforts to like put this out in the world. And that's a scary thing. Like my, um, I did an interview with this creative from St. Louis and he had a very, he had an awesome, uh, quote from it that I'll never forget. Um, he said like, as creatives, it's our job to put our work in the line of fire. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's hard to, and, and when I heard that, I was like, whoa holy shit like that it's true like yeah. it's scary this is a scary industry for all of us just you make something and then you just like now with the internet you just like a like a butterfly you just toss it out there and hope people like it like you just throw it out there and sometimes it feels it's discouraging because it feels like you're just flinging it out into the abyss um but you we gotta we just do it yes there's we you just we have this innate need as creatives to just keep making and flinging it out there. And it's not always for recognition. Sometimes it's just like, this is how I de-stress is making things and throwing it out into the abyss. Dude. And, uh, that's the perfect explanation of what we do as artists. (laughs) It's terrifying, man. It's what is wrong with us? We're we're crazy. We have these crazy ideas and then we shoot it Uh, and then we just upload it at whatever. It's like, see what happens. You know, it it really is. I I hope this isn't too weird. Like, I hope this doesn't freak anyone out. (laughs) And the truth is it it will freak someone out, but then you have people who love it, you know, and that's just the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, there was, when I was a kid, I, I, it's funny, I always wanted to be a comedian. Um, and uh, there was uh, this one comedian always said that, uh, I think it was I think it was Flip Wilson, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. He said, um, if I make one person in the crowd laugh, um, I've earned my paycheck. Dude. Um, and I love that. And that's all creativity. If I, if I make a video and one person has an emotional connection to it, 
that's amazing. That's, that's dope. Like, mm -hmm. I'll take it. Job complete. I'm good. Yeah. You're not always going to make something that's going to get, you know, a million views or win an Oscar. But, like, as long as you're making for at least one person to feel something, you're doing it right. Yes. That's the way to go. Dude, for sure absolutely man i tell everyone coming into this industry man or wanting to get a camera or make videos or draw or paint whatever so as long as you first of all do it for yourself let's start there do it for yourself yeah. but if you impact sure, one man. one soul on this planet man that's it you should feel amazing yeah, yeah. something you and thought it, of and it feels good too it feels phenomenal every comment i get on whatever i'm just like dude thank oh my you. god dude yeah it's like it's always like makes you feel giddy and but but you had a good point though like it's also important to remember to do it for yourself too yes. um because 99.999 percent of the time you won't get that reaction yep so you got to make sure that you're doing this stuff for your happiness and for mm -hmm. yourself because if you're not like most of the time it's going to feel like fruitless it's going to yeah. feel pointless and you know, what's the point so. at that point? There's there's no point in you doing it if you're gonna you know be like that. So. Yeah, man. For Dude, sure. this is so cool. And uh, your personal work outside of this, you have you have some things coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got some projects in the in the in the pot. Um, there's some you know. It's funny with New York. There's so many passing like passing by relationships that circle back randomly. Like I'm working. I'm doing some work with some old. Um, old connections from fuse and like yes um right now i've got like i'm doing some work for this nonprofit um nadap uh that they're they're an organization in the city and they do um they do resources for people throughout the city who have um mental disabilities or addiction problems or uh live below the poverty line like they set people up with like housing and stuff, but yeah, I'm doing some work with them producing some pieces for that. And I'm also just I'm, this year because of everything stopping has felt like a perfect time to really dive back in. You know, I bought the camera, um, which yes. is awesome. And like, I've invested in a lot of equipment and I just started like writing concepts and like, um, I'm excited. It's, it feels like a good moment to like take a beat, reset and dive back in. Yes. Um, and that, that's, that's what, that's what I've got coming down the pipeline. Nothing, nothing's locked, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm hopeful for the first time in a while, which is good. Dude, I am super excited. I can't wait to see it, man. I mean, thanks. Man. The, I mean, the things you've done, bro. I mean, this is, this, I know it's going to be amazing. I know it's going to be amazing. And Thanks, I'm, man. I'm, I'm, I hope you, so. You show me some photographs you're taking too, so I'm, I'm you're all no. around is a phenomenal. Dude. Don't don't bring up photographs around you. You're the king of this. I, your work. Uh, let the, take a moment and flip the interview on its head. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, man, your work since we were since we met was since we were in college. Like, it's inspiring, man. Dude. Like, for all creativity, not just like it's it's helped inspire me for a lot of like my visual work and like how I shoot um, will come from the way the stuff I've seen you do, man. Dude, um, thank you. And you're also dope because you're a conduit for a lot of other people's work. You like your Instagram story alone. I get so excited to watch your Instagram story at the end of the day because one, it's like 20 minutes long, but it's also you just gas up 
and like I'll discover photographers through you, like yes. other creatives. And I'm like, you are a perfect conduit for that. And so like from the bottom of my heart and the whole community, like people like you are so important and thank you for yeah. all the work that you do, bro. That means a lot, bro. That means that, that yeah, means man. a ton, you know? I've made it my point that I want to make it my job to bring up other people. That's why the podcast awesome. exists. You know, that's why Hell free yeah. pizza is a thing for people like you yeah, and the next person and the next person, next person. So thank you, man. That means a lot to me. That's just, that's that's literally my goal is to do that. So that means a lot you saying that. Yeah, man. Of course. Yes. Do you ever think about that that kid being in high school and around with a camera and you know, how you are now? Like how that's kinda like came full circle? Yeah. I'm uh that kid had a lot of anxiety. Um, yes. a lot of, yeah, a lot of anxiety and uh, a lot of like nervousness. I always, you know, he, he was always nervous to take the photo, which is fine. Mm. Um, I'm, but I'm glad he did because if he didn't take the photo, I wouldn't be here. Um, yes, exactly. If, 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 if he didn't go talk to, uh, JB Bruno at that filmmaker meetup, I wouldn't be here. Like yes. past you, if you are in a good place in life, your biggest hero is your past you because yeah. your past you got you here. There were so many moments where I could have just called it. Like, you know, when you're, when you're Uber driving drunk people at three in the morning from <laughs> Philadelphia to center city, like, yes. That's a moment where I'm like, how did past me not just call it and be like, fuck it, I'm going to be a stripper. Like, Dude, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I look back, and I'm like, damn, man, thank you. Because now I don't I don't have to Uber drive. I don't have to fix toilets. Um, and it's because past me did that work. Um, yeah. And I'm really happy. So it's it's but it's also lucky. You know, I'm I'm very thankful for every single person that has helped me get me to this here and who will help me more and that's why i make it my job to help any pa anyone anyone at all who reaches out to me i'm yes. always like what do you need i got you uh, as much as i can like i'll be honest i don't want to lie to people and string people along but like you know like right now there's a pa that reached out to me from a project and she just wants to pick my brain about how to monetize her work. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, yes, let's meet up coffee next week. Set it done. Cause someone did that for me. And Absolutely. that's part of, that's the industry is like, you got to pay it forward or else the industry ends and creativity ends. Like we mm -hmm. got to pay that forward. Yes. So. I'm glad you're not a gatekeeper. Thank you for that. Yeah, man. Of course. What? No. Dude. Yes. Got to. And I also love that you painted an actual real picture of how it is to be a creative in New York City, you know, because um, I, I know a lot of people who came back who moved back here because of the whole pandemic. And they just told me yeah. similar stories of them couch surfing and Tash Rabbit and Ubering and doing this yeah. job to job. And if you really want this, man, you got to get it. And you're an example of that. So I, I applaud you. Thanks, man. That, that means the, the world and more because I, I I'm so lucky that I got to this point and I. I'm thankful for it every single day. And I know it took a lot of work on my end, but like it's, it's a hustle, but people looked out for me too. And so I'm going to keep doing that and everyone should. So, yes, dude, dude, yeah, this bro. is amazing. So if anyone asks, had any questions for you, uh, you know, I can direct them to you. Please. Um, so drop your content information for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can reach out to me on 
I don't know. What, what do I use? Like uh, Instagram? <laughs> you have <joking>. a website. <laughs> I didn't know. I've never plugged myself. I don't know, man. I'm a producer. I hide behind the camera and then I leave. <laughs> I don't plug myself. I'm not talent. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want to peep my work, like you can go to uh, devinhoneyman.com, all one word. That's got all my contacts. Um, if you want to reach out to me, please do shoot me a line. Just say what's up. Um, Devin Honeyman at gmail.com. Um, and uh, I post a lot of my work and my boring bullshit ass life on Instagram. So if you want to peep that too, uh, it's uh, at Diddy Pop underscore Dev. Yeah, you can tell the social handle is way less way less professional although at devinhoneyman.com but um yeah, but Diddy the Pop. social handle is diddy pop underscore dev yes um i locked that in back i don't know whenever instagram was starting and i was like you know what i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna rock this out i like it yes um yeah yeah come hit me up i love i love people i love talking to people and i love picking people's brains and letting them pick mine so Dude, I love it. We thank you for that. And if you have any products coming up that you need some promotion with, let me know. I will make an ad for, sure. for you. I'm with it. 100%. I want you know. I want you. I want to. See, I want to see you go further. So, um, dude, yeah, your future's gonna be bright, and I'm glad to be a, a part of it. You know. Look, man, it, it's this has been an honor. Honestly, I've been listening to Free Pizza for a while, and I was excited and nervous and giddy to get on here, and I'm just happy it happened. So I thank you, and I'm I'm excited to see your future and excited for you to continue to uplift people like me and the industry so absolutely thank you so much well on that note man we're gonna get out of here um devin stay on the line i want to end the interview but to stay on the line and uh we'll talk some more um but for everyone else man thanks for listening subscribe support devin more importantly um, subscribe to us and we are out of here bye this episode is brought to you by Stay Blovely, a brand out of Greensboro everyone should know about. That's S-T-A-Y-B-L-U-V-L-Y. Each piece of clothing fuses fashion with designs that empower the black community while teaching the basis and meaning of black origins and culture through short videos about each piece on their site. Plus, you can get everything from long and short sleeve tees to hoodies and sweatshirts for under $40. Oh, and shipping is free all day, every day. Visit stayblovely.com. That's S-T-A-Y-B-L-U-V-L-Y.com to shop their collections. The Free Pizza Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just go on the Google App Store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, Live Journal, Twitter. We tweet. We'll do smoke sniggles, whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.